Welcome to Core 242 Podcast, brought to you by Core Community Covenant Church. Now let's dive into the Word of God with Pastor Max and Pastor Trish. But praise God, we get to, we're starting a new series tonight. We're starting on spiritual gifts. And again, we mentioned it last time, but this, this, this teaching on spiritual gifts is becoming so perfectly lined up from this previous two, two sermon series on fruit of the spirit and on the beatitudes it just very much sets up what what fruit of the spirits are like you mentioned it perfectly that um the spiritual gifts are the what gives us the opportunity to live out the life that we've been talking about of beatitudes right i think i think you said it better spiritual gifts have been given to us to cultivate the fruit of the spirit and vice versa. As we have the fruit of the Spirit, we increase our capacity to live out and act on spiritual gifts. And so they kind of work in tandem. And the journey that we had through the Beatitudes, you know, prepares us to be those peacemakers who share the gospel, to withstand persecution and whatever may come um, as we lead to maturity through our spiritual gifts. The spiritual gifts are a gift, to, which we'll get into that are a gift not to everyone else as much as they are a gift to us to help us to become mature Christians. Yeah. Um, just to kind of start off before we get into the scripture, as I was studying uh, studying for, for this teaching and then listening to some other sermons that people were talking about and reading commentaries, the, the end point of the definition of spiritual gift, it is, it is a, a, an action, right? An action where... We let God or the Holy Spirit to do something to increase somebody else's faith, including ours, and to bring glory to God. That's what spiritual gifts are for. These spiritual actions is surrendering ourselves to God to bring others to God. I think, that, I think that's the best thing because... Um, and I know Trisha, in a second, we're, as we get into the scripture, we're going to talk about it, that I, I don't like the word gift because I feel like we hold on to it too much. It's my gift that God gave me and I want to hold on to it and this is who I am. And then we bec- this, it becomes our identity, this gift. But I think we need to look at it as it's something that is just passing through us. It's very much passing through us. That's what's all, what it's all about. The reason we received the gospel of, of peace, that Jesus Christ is not to hold on to it. It's to pass to others so they can be uh, led towards freedom. So that, that is kind of where we want to go. So the first scripture is Romans 12, 6, right? So Romans 12, 6, hopefully you all can hear. I know there's a lot of background noise from the, the kitchen crew is still cleaning up uh, at the cafe today. So... We've got quite a bit of background noise. Hopefully the sound is coming through clear. But Romans 12, 6, it says this. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. And then it goes on to say, if, if man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So this text not only starts to list some of the spiritual gifts, which we're going to go through, but today we just want to set up an introduction to what are the spiritual gifts? How do they function? um, What do they look like? 
Uh, and why do we have them? I mean, that's just a real simple question. Sometimes we, you know, take these spiritual gifts inventories and we want to know what our gifts are. And really it becomes a tool to uh, put you to work in the church. But really it's meant to build us up to maturity but, and also to build up the church to maturity. Uh, and so it's, it's used, as my husband was saying, to increase our faith and to increase the faith of others. Uh, it's not meant to build an organization or to create a platform for ourselves uh, on which we can you know, make profit. And so here we see in this first text, Romans 12, 6, it says, uh, we, have, we each have different gifts. So the first thing that we know going into this is that each and every one of us is going to have different gifts. Some of us may have some overlap, uh, but for the most part, everyone is going to have a unique set of gifts that God has given you that makes you uniquely you and allows you to serve the kingdom in a unique and profound way. The, the next thing is it says, according to the grace given to us. And I love the fact that the word grace is here because the word for the spiritual gifts is charismata, which comes from caris, which is grace. And we tend to think of when we talk about spiritual gifts, we think that spiritual gifts are just that, that they're a gift that's given to us. And the downside of calling it a gift is that we tend to think of when someone gives you a gift, it becomes yours. And we have this sense of ownership, like it's my gift. And somehow we think that we've become a gift and it's ours to possess and ours to control and ours to do with it what, what we want. But really, it, spiritual gifts are graces that have been given to us. It's something that God has allowed us to have for a season. And they're not at our disposal and our discretion. We have to submit to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit says, according to this, prophesy, we need to obey the Holy Spirit and we need to let that prophetic word come forth. If the Holy Spirit is leading us to teach, we can't just decide that we don't feel like teaching. We have to submit to the Holy Spirit. So these gifts are not ours to decide what we want to do with and they're at our disposal and at our control. They're graces that God has given to us that he uses. It says, uh, the third part of it, it says, according, um, we're supposed to use these in proportion to our faith. Mm -hmm. And so... One of the things that we want everyone to understand is that the same Holy Spirit allows us access to all the gifts. But in proportion to our faith, are we able to exercise these gifts? Some of us may not be able to exercise in certain gifts because we have too much doubt. We have too much insecurity in that area or God is trying to grow us in a different way. And so we have to see that, first of all, the gifts are all different. Secondly, they're given according to the grace that's given to us. They're an, they're an act of grace that God has given us, and he can give them and remove them at any time according to his disposal. And third, it's in proportion to our faith. So we have to grow our faith, again, remembering that we're cultivating the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, those fruit and that faith um, in order to be able to exercise the gifts and not the other way around. Yeah, I think I think that's an important part. And again, like, like I said before, that that grace part, I really I really love that. I really love that. It's just we we needed that. God saw that we needed this kind of portion in our lives, this kind of gift, the spiritual gift in our lives, and He graced us with it. We might think like we're now we're the gift to the church, <laughs> you know? We're but no, it's it's. In that gift, we get to grow and get closer to God. He graced us with opportunity to pray for somebody. He graced us with opportunity to speak a word of encouragement. He graced us with opportunity to uh, bless somebody with money or whatever 
whatever else. You know what I mean? That was a grace unto us, and it's a beautiful thing. And it, we need to remember that it's a, it's a both-way thing. Uh, in Romans chapter 1, verse 11, Paul speaks of it really wonderfully. Uh, he says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. So the two things, like first thing, when you see that, when he speaks about impart to you some spiritual gift, like first you think it's like Paul is going to come in and be like, I'm going to lay hands on you and you're going to get healing. No, that's not his, that's not his job. The spirit is going to do it. He's here. He's like, my spiritual gift is teaching and I'm going to impart that on you. I'm going to teach. I'm going to speak a word of knowledge. I'm going to speak a word of wisdom upon you. I'm going to speak the word of the gospel upon you. That's how I'm going to impart my spiritual gift unto you but he says i love that that is he he kind of catches himself so people don't don't think that oh here comes uh, apostle paul and he's gonna he's gonna be the one who's gonna bless us right no he's saying that is that you and i may be mutually encouraged he's like i'm looking forward to being encouraged by you right because their their (laughs) gifts bless you their gifts are going to be different from his gifts and so our gifts are used to sharpen one another. Mm-hmm. And where one of us lacks, another one has the, the gift. And we can then complement one another and build up each other's faith. Even Paul did not have it all together. He needed other believers to mutually edify and encourage him in the faith. Yeah, he talks about it through, through all his letters, how this person blessed him and this person blessed him. And this, these people encouraged me and these people worked with me and this person prayed for me and you see that mutual work it's not just the super super christian or super apostle doing these things he needed people with different gifts to doing this thing so it's important for us to remember that this is a body uh, of christ that's doing these these things together It, it doesn't matter how gifted you think you are there's there's always a need for another person right right and I just wanted to, one of the things that was just on my heart as we were talking is we see it in the traditional way that we do church. Um, it's even, even now, even the way this format is, is you know, we're, we're teaching, we're preaching, and there's a sense of order, and then there's a time for discussion. But the way that fellowship, Christian fellowship is intended to be um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says that when, um, this is in verse 26, it says, when you come together... Everyone has a hymn, a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. All these must be done for the strengthening of the church. And so what we would love to see with CORE is that as we build up and as we feel embraced in our gifts and as we grow stronger towards maturity, that when we come together as believers, each and every person who's here, especially during our our time of worship and our time when, when it's open for discussion, that someone has a prophetic word, someone might have a word of revelation or feel that we need to intercede uh, on behalf of someone and that we would each feel encouraged and confident enough in our gifts to be able to contribute that to the body so that it's not just a one-way monologue, but that there's actual you know, dialogue that's happening back and forth among everybody that's a part of the body. Because the body is not just you know, a one-talking-head pastor from the pulpit at a congregation of a thousand that's just coming to receive and be entertained. The body of Christ is one body of many parts, and we need each and every member of that body to be contributing and to be participating in an active and vibrant way. Yeah, I, th- I think we've mentioned that before a number of times where be- 
through the whole week, you're praying to God. You're seeking God. You're seeking the Holy Spirit. That when, when, you're, com- when you're coming to church on Sunday, it's not a time of, let me just get fed. But this is a time like, well, God, what do you want me to do with my gift? This is something that we should be praying at all times as, as we're encountering people. All right, God, what gift you're going to use in me to bless somebody? You know, there might be somebody sick and let us not just uh, pigeonhole us and be like, well, if somebody's sick, sick, God, give me a gift of healing. Maybe they just need a word of encouragement or maybe they need uh, some time of mercy of, of you just being with them. Maybe they need some money to help out with the bill, you know, and we kind of like are just kind of put ourselves like, well, I don't have a gift of healing. I'm sorry. Then I can't help him. My, the Holy Spirit cannot use me to bless this person. We should always be seeking those those gifts, the spiritual gifts to bless the body of Christ. That is important. In First uh, Peter, I love this scripture right here. First Peter 410 and 11 talks about it. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. We should all, it's, one should always be ready to use it. I love, in 11, he, they, he even points it out. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that as all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. We're doing all these things to, again, to strengthen the, someone's faith and bring them closer to God and to bring glory and honor unto God. Those are the gifts. That's what's flowing through us. That is an important part of if when we're starting to talk about spiritual gifts, we need to remember over and over again, why are they for? What are they for? What are they for? Yeah. Right? So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says this, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And again, we've, we've already said this, but... What are the gifts for? Why are we given spiritual gifts? They're meant for the building up of the body of Christ for us as individuals, but also for the, for the whole of the believers. And it's meant for the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. So in other words, we get confirmation that we have the Holy Spirit as we exercise our gifts. The, Jesus promises that we're two or more gathered. He is there. And so the Holy Spirit is present when we come together as believers and there should be a stirring in our hearts of, of again, a word or a, a revelation, something that we come when we come together, we've already been praying and preparing all week for this gathering that we come together on Sundays and we're already have a word or a song in our hearts um, that we're coming prepared and we're ready. We're not coming on Sundays just to receive, but we're coming prepared to participate and to actively give to the other believers whether it's simply a, a poem that was on your heart or a scripture or a song that was on your heart, there should be something that when you come, there's already a revelation that you can testify of some good thing that God is already doing in your life or some hard thing that God is doing in your life. It doesn't always have to be a positive. A lot of times when you get a prophetic word, which we shared uh, when we were teaching last week um, about the prophets, a lot of times prophecy is a hard word. It's a, it's a heavy word. It's something that's mm-hmm. truth that could be painful and we may not necessarily want to hear it, but 
the, pro- the prophetic word is given for the building up. Part of the building up of the body is that God rebukes and disciplines those who he loves, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be a time when we need to hear some hard truth. Mm-hmm. And God may put that word on your heart and you have to come. You know, again, we do so often with fear and trembling, but ready to share that word, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life for the common good of the body of Christ. And as we go on here, it says to one, there is given through the spirit, the message of wisdom, another a message of knowledge by the same spirit, another faith, another healing by that one spirit, another miraculous powers, another prophecy, distinguishing spirits, speaking in different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. Similar to what is said in Romans twelve six, which is that Christ gives us these gifts in as a grace um, as he sees fit and so who are we to question the gifts that we receive right we we may say i don't want that gift i want this other gift you know i would much rather have the gift of you know healing is too hard because it makes you vulnerable and it's scary to pray because you don't know what if if you heard from the lord right and you don't know if he's gonna you know it's it's God gives us a gift that's going to test and grow our faith. Yeah. And so he will give you a, a, a gift in an area that makes you question and may, again, with fear and trembling, causes you to grow. You know, he'll give you a gift of preaching if you're an introvert and you don't necessarily want to be in front of people. He'll give you that to stretch you, to make you into the image of his son. And so according to the grace and, and as he sees fit, um, just as he determines, he apportions these gifts um, differently to each and every one of us in order to grow us into the image of his son. And so he's going to give us gifts that actually are not what we naturally feel strong in, but are areas in which we need to grow. Yeah. Yeah. I lo- I, I, we're we're going to hear that over and over again, that first of all, that it's God who's given you, God who's given you. We need to remember that we cannot put in ourselves, we cannot all of a sudden that we pray for one of our friends and their headaches go away and now I'm the healer, uh, healer Bishop Max Holenko, <laughs> you know it's, it's you know, <laughs> start, start, you know do not put these titles on us because you did nothing. All you did is you let the Holy Spirit through you to use you. That's what you need to remember. That um, as, as I was studying the 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 story in the numbers of Moses striking the rock. The reason why him and Aaron was not able to get into the promised land is this big thing. And the big, the big discussion is God tells them to speak to the rock before their eyes and, and you will bring water out of the rock for the community. And then the, what Moses did, he struck the rock, the rock right? And uh, this is um, Numbers 20, verses 7 through 11. That's where the story is. But for me, the big thing was... Um, Moses got so frustrated, he says, this is verse 10. He says, listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? And that caught my eye, the we part. All of a sudden, he's the one who's bringing water out of the rock. No, (laughs) no, you're just a vessel. God told you what to do. He's going to be the one who's going to provide that water. You just need to do what God told you to do. So, yeah, he, instead of speaking, he struck. That, that was against God. But it's the we part that really struck me because that's what we do. 
We're, we, we get a word and like, do I have to bring you to salvation? Right. And we do separate we, ourselves from yeah. the body in that, in the fact that we forget. Moses forgot that he also needed the promised land. <laughs> he, he needs the water. He also needed the water. He also needed redemption. And he separated himself. You rebels. And he saw himself as higher than or better than. Mm-hmm. And this is the danger of what happens with spiritual gifts is that someone is, you know, given the grace to be a pastor or to be a teacher or to be a worship leader or these different roles. And all of a sudden it's, there's a better than, and there's a separation Mm -hmm. of the ones who are ministering from the ones who are being ministered to. And that is one of the most dangerous things about spiritual gifts because they're meant to, they're meant to unite us, Mm -hmm. not cause these, these arbitrary divisions. And it's so um, endemic in the church that, that people take these titles, right? And they separate themselves and they build themselves on a platform and it, they're the ones who are ministering out. And it's, it's a danger on so many levels. One, because it lacks humility, but two, because it creates this separation in the church and it creates a, a dynamic where there's one person who's pouring out and not necessarily being filled and receiving. And, and that's, there's also just the danger of burning out with that sort of dynamic because there's not this mutual edification mm-hmm. that, as my husband read from the scripture, there, there's supposed to be a mutual edification when we come together that we, through, through the using of our different gifts, it's not one or two people who are pouring out and everyone else who's just soaking it in. It's a sharpening of mutually of each other. Uh, and that's where Moses fell short because he, he put himself on a yeah. platform yeah. and he said, what do we need to do? You know, because you all are rebels. And he separated himself from the people. And he needed a reminder from the Lord that he was one of them under grace just like everyone else. And so while the entire generation passed away in the desert and never saw the promised land, he became a part of that same generation. He never got to set foot in the promised land because of his, his arrogance, actually. His yeah, pride. yeah, that's that's a hard one. Um, so the, the next point that I wanted to bring up, which, which was really hard. And to be honest, um, I, I was I was listening. I was listening to a, a preacher preaching and he's the one who kind of connected to it. And I, I was really a shocked i think it was a it was a big one again remembering that the spiritual gifts from the holy spirit spiritual gifts could come from god like what what church been been reading over and over again in different in different scriptures paul keeps on hitting and hitting and hitting it and here we have we go to places and to go to uh conferences of how to become a healer and how to become a prophet and how to uh, and people pay all this money, and this guy, this guy pauses and says, "They're being just same way as Simon the sorcerer." And I was like, "Wait, well, that that is that is that, that's a bold statement." So he came from. This is in Acts chapter eight. Uh, Peter and John are walking around and laying hands on people, and people receiving the Holy Spirit. In verse eighteen. Uh, when Simon saw that the spirit was given at the laying of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. This is, we need to remember that. God is the one who gives the spiritual gifts. God is the one who uses you with those spiritual gifts. You cannot buy a gift. You cannot buy a gift of the spiritual gift. And this was perfectly connected. I, again, I, I don't want to take credit from it. It was, 
there was another pastor that, that preached this, uh, connected this. But it's really important that we need to understand that. We, first of all, be happy with what God has given you. Start what you just said. Stop looking at what other people have and also, well, you know what? They're more popular because they, they can heal or they can cast out demons or they can prophesy or they can teach. You know, you could be a great teacher. We, we talked about this. I've been teaching for 21 years. That, that would not automatically make me a good pastor because I can teach PE. Me teaching you how to shoot a basketball has nothing to do with me teaching the word of God. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't, that's it's just not connecting. It's just not connecting. We cannot, we cannot, we cannot buy our, ourselves into spiritual things. Okay. That is God given and must be given to God because otherwise it's just, it's just fake. It's when people are like, you want to speak in tongues? Just say what I say. That's not spiritual. We've actually seen that. We've actually heard that. Where there's churches that try to teach you how to speak in tongues or teach you certain gifts. And so, I mean, I think one of the things that we, we didn't even start off with this, that we need to be clear, that we as a, as a congregation affirm that the, the Holy Spirit is alive and well mm-hmm. and that the spiritual gifts are still vibrant and active. Mm-hmm. There are denominations, there are churches that believe that this only happened, the miraculous only happened in the time of the New Testament uh, in the in the book of Acts, but we've seen signs and wonders in our own lives, so I can't deny that. So we have to just start from the premise that we we affirm that spiritual gifts, all of the gifts, are alive and well, yeah. and that the Holy Spirit is still working among us. Um, again, because the the church is still not perfect, right? This church is still being needs to be built up, and so we still need those gifts to encourage and affirm us in our faith to grow us into completion. Um, it's not just for signs and wonders, but it's it's for our maturity in Christ. Yeah, the just testimony for, for myself, I think um, not that, um, I don't know how to say it, but, but at the beginning of my walk with God, I'm celebrating, today is actually my anniversary of 25 years serving the Lord. Wow. I uh, accepted Christ 25 years ago, March 19th. Two days for me. That was it. The 21st is mine. Oh, congratulations. Praise God. Look at that. We get to celebrate. So, But I remember at the beginning, of God was using me to heal people. That was one of the things that God was like, headaches. People, you know, headaches, um, fibromyalgia, big sicknesses, little sicknesses. And that helped me grow my faith. That did help me grow my faith. Did my faith get smaller because I wasn't being used that way later on? No, because God started giving me other gifts to bring glory to him. And, but those gifts are there for our growth. It, it helps us to grow and to grow the body, to grow others. That's, that's the important part. I mean, people who I was praying for, their faith was just as much increased because they relied on God to do something. And here he answered their prayers. So out of this story with Simon the Sorcerer, we learned that, that obviously spiritual gifts cannot be bought. They cannot be learned. Um, they are imparted through. We see initially the spiritual gifts were imparted through the Holy Spirit. There was just a wind that blew through the place in Pentecost. But we see that after the apostles received that initial gifting, that other believers received the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts through the laying on of hands. And so uh, I don't, we don't want to confine and say that you can only receive the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands. Mm-hmm. But um, 2 Timothy 1, 6, and 7. I'm going to turn there. I have my little 
says this, uh, it says, I remind you to fan into flame the gifts of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And so while we don't necessarily understand it, we do see the biblical premise over and over again that spiritual gifts are received through the laying on of hands through someone who already is active in the Holy Spirit, who's already been anointed, who's already Holy Spirit filled and gifted by the Holy Spirit, that when the laying on of hands, uh, specifically through you know, prayer, that um, you receive spiritual gifts. And so it is possible, um, we see uh, through, through the book of Acts, that there were people who believed, but they had not yet received the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands. And so the apostles take the time to do that. And at any point during this series, if you say, wow, you know, I've been a Christian for 10 years, 20 years, and no one has ever specifically prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, for the, the spiritual gifts to be active and, and the power of the Holy Spirit to be alive and at work in me, um, then we can definitely take you to the side and we can pray over you to, to make sure that that happens. We don't want anyone to, to have any doubt that the Holy Spirit is with you and active and well. Um, and that's, that's a whole other teaching in and of itself. But we do see that um, it says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Again, going back to the fruit of the Spirit. We never, ever, ever want, if you show the fruit of the Spirit, don't worry about the gifts as much. The gifts come in mm -hmm. time. We, the most important verification that you have the Holy Spirit is that you are growing in the fruit of the Spirit. That you have more love than you used to have last week or a year ago. That you have more joy, more peace. Um, and that the, the fruit of the Spirit is ever increasing. Because the Holy Spirit is one of love and of self-control, which are the bookends, right, of the, of the spiritual gifts. And we've already talked about that at length. And so we didn't want to even broach this teaching until we had a thorough teaching about the spiritual gifts, I mean, about the fruit of the Spirit, because the fruit of the Spirit is by far more emphasized in Scripture and is more of a truth-telling um, than signs and wonders, by all means. Yeah, like I said, the way we prepared for this teaching was, was very much Spirit-led that we didn't know about. But it's the Spirit, Spirit just kind of walked us through it because... It is when we have the fruit of the Spirit, a mature fruit of the Spirit, that's what can, we can use the, the spiritual gifts. That when I use the spiritual gift, it should be done out of love, with joy and peace. And it should have self-control. Like, there shouldn't be prophesizing and speaking in tongues without your, the, the self-control part of it, right? And, like, if I give to somebody, I give it with kindness. The fruit of the Spirit is there. We need to have it. And I think the way we can be used by the Holy Spirit is the Beatitudes that we taught. To, be, to recognize that we're poor in spirit. To recognize the grievance of the spirit. To recognize that we need to surrender. To, we need to be peacemakers. That we should live our lives righteousness. When we live those things out that we've been teaching for this past couple of months, that's when the, the spiritual gifts are just going to naturally come. Because now we have surrendered surrendered ourselves, realized that we're, we're nothing without God, we, we, brought, we have humility, and now God is going to strengthen us through these spiritual gifts. The, that, that's kind of just the pouring, uh, pouring through. So what we're going to do is, week by week, we, we had, how many? 20? <sighs> there, there's still... So we're, we're finalizing the list, but it's in the 20s. And we're going to do about three every week. We'll look at three spiritual gifts um, every time we come together. And we'll break down 
uh, what the what the gift looks like, uh, you know, with examples of how the gift um, is in function, uh, why we receive that gift, and usually, you know, what is God trying to do in you through that gift. Uh, so we're going to look at and break down each each of the spiritual gifts, and uh, and again, I just want to remind you, we through the same Holy Spirit, we all have access to all the gifts. It's just a matter of, you know, when the Lord wants to use you at that time. So he may use you for healing, even though he's never used you for healing before. He may use you to bring a prophetic word. So never limit and say, well, that's not my gift. The reality is that the Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Um, We just have to be open and ready and available to it. Now, are there certain gifts that we tend to operate in more? Yes, that's why we have different sets of gifts. Um, that's why scripture says in first Corinthians, um, it talks about how we are one body, many parts, and we don't have the time to get into this is a great text yes, very on text. this, but basically all of first Corinthians chapter 12, I would encourage you just to read through that chapter to prepare your heart for, for this series. Uh, but it just talks about how some of us will have gifts that are, um, you know, more vulnerable than others. And we have to honor, there should be no division in the body, but equal concern for one another. And it says, you are all part of the body of Christ. Each one of you is part of it. And, and he talks about the different gifts uh, and how we should desire the greater gifts. Because some of the gifts are more fruitful in building up the body. But I'll just tell you right now, it's, it's like uh, James and John when they wanted to know who could sit at the, at the you know, right and right left hand of, mm-hmm. of Christ. And he says, can you drink from this cup? So while we should desire the greater gifts, just be prepared that with the greater gifts comes greater sacrifice. Mm-hmm. With greater gifts and greater anointing comes, you know, the, the cross that you have to carry. Uh, you know, we may look and say, man, I wish that I could be anointed the way that the apostles were anointed. And I could have the display of the Holy Spirit and, you know, the power that they, they were able to exhibit. But are you willing to, to do? I mean, they gave up their homes. They gave up everything to follow Christ. They were persecuted and scorned. They they were, you know, a stranger in a foreign land. And this is this is what they were willing to give up. They gave up everything for Christ. And and in return, they were able to see this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So with with the greater that's what is it? Spider Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> I don't want to quote Spider Man. <laughs> great power, power comes great responsibility. Uh, but but there's some truth to that. That if if you want to see the Holy Spirit move mountains in your life, then you have to be willing to to make that sacrifice and to lay aside. You know, you have to become less. You must decrease so that He can increase in your life. And a lot of us are honestly just not willing. Although we would desire and we would love to see, you know, the Holy Spirit work in miraculous ways, we're not willing to pay the cost that it would require in order for that to happen. Uh, we're, we get in the way too much. Our pride, our insecurity, these things just block the way and we don't see the Holy Spirit move because we're, we're too full of ourselves, to be blatantly honest. Uh, we, need to, we need to empty ourselves in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's something happening. Yeah. So the, I think when, we look, when we're looking in the spiritual gifts, the one we're going to cover, we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that Trish read. Uh, we're looking at Romans chapter 12 that the, we, we read through it. And in those, just in those two chapters, there's already 15, uh, 15 different spiritual gifts. So there's prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging, uh, contributing, leadership, 
mercy, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous power, distinguishing of spirit, speaking in different tongues, and interpreting of tongues. So those just in those two chapters is already 15. We also uh, will talk about in Ephesians chapter 4 that what God blesses, the gift that God gives to the body of Christ, the, the calling of the apostles and evangelists and teachers and pastors and one more. And one more, more thing. <laughs> the fivefold offices is escaping me right now because you did it out of order. So. Sorry. So there, there's many things that God has given us, and we should seek what God wants to use in us, mm-hmm. and not, not just apostles, not, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Prophets. I think I missed prophets because I said prophets before. That's why. All right. But again, I feel like as we're, as we're moving around in our daily life, we always should be seeking what, what spiritual gift is needed right now for the person around us to increase their faith in getting closer to God. Let, let us not just hold us to one gift and that's it. Right. I, th- I think that's the biggest one. So we're looking forward to it and we're definitely going to uh, come with humility and fear and trembling as we, te- as we teach this because... Um, the, these are a truth that, that needs, to, needs to be said because these are the powers that could be used to bring people closer to him. And we, we want people to, to understand it and how that looks like. Right. The, well, and we also can't seek certain gifts if we don't know what they are. Yeah. If we don't understand them. Like if you think that prophecy is just telling the future, you're missing out on, on an entire gift. Uh, and, and you don't know what to look for. And you might actually have a prophetic gift and not even realize that you have it because you, you, you have the wrong definition of it. Thank you for spending time with us during this episode. We pray that this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to understanding God. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at courtchurch242 at gmail.com. Until next time, know you are loved and covered in prayer.